What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. We talking about practice. You know what time the game starts? Espousing nothing less than unadulterated wisdom from the seventh floor of Smoke Tree Towers. Oh, we look like the bad news bears. After the whistle is on the air. And after the whistle is on the air, Jason and Allison, check us out online, facebook.com backslash after the whistle show. Follow us on Twitter at after the whistle, thus spelled T-H-A. And Allison, this week we are going nose first into college football here in the Triangle. In-depth looks at NC State, Duke, and Carolina. Big games, key moments of the season, and where we think each team is going to be at the end of the year. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I only have one team in the Triangle going bowling this year. (laughs) Spoiler alert. But let's start off in Raleigh with the Wolfpack, and expectations are as high as they have been for Dave Doran's Wolfpack. North Carolina State. So I think it's fair to characterize 2016 as the year that could have been for the Wolfpack. <laughs> so many chances to win big games against Clemson, against Florida State. Yet coming up just short, one play away in both of those games from pulling out the victory. 7-6 and six the overall record last season. 3-5 and five in the ACC. And as we roll into 2017, no longer question marks surrounding the Wolfpack, but expectations coming in, and the question mark being, can they live up to those expectations that they have coming into the new season? A lot of pieces coming back on the offensive side, a lot coming back on the defensive side. It's just, can they be consistent all year long? Yeah, they're returning eight offensive starters, eight defensive starters. That's almost the whole team. Right. <laughs> That's on the field. <laughs> right. But... um. Also, this is the first team that is actually all Adorian's recruits. He's recruited all of these players. Right. So I think that makes a big difference in a team because it's his team that he's put together piece by piece. Right. And you're starting to see the piecework and the foundation of what he's trying to bring to Raleigh with solidity in the offensive and defensive lines and those starting to become strengths of the team. And when you look at the offensive side of the ball, obviously led by quarterback Ryan Finley, last year over 3,000 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Obviously he'd like to go up on those touchdown numbers, down on the interception numbers. Uh, When the Wolfpack is winning and they're playing well, he does do that. He, I think in their seven wins last year, he didn't throw any interceptions. It's those games where they lost, where he was turning the ball over. And also, I think question marks on the offensive side of the ball about who's going to replace Matt Days in that backfield. Um, I think that's the biggest question on the offense is the running back. But you have wide receiver Jalen Samuels, who is more kind of like an all-purpose player, really. (laughs) Right. He's been picked as like sort of the utility man, all ACC. Uh, he's going to obviously get some touches in the backfield as he just, they've got to find ways to get him the ball every time the Wolfpack is on offense. But also, uh, Reggie Gillespie could be stepping up to take over a lot of the running back duties. Uh, Daquan Nichols has been a solid contributor in the backfield for the past couple of seasons. And Naheem Hines mm-hmm. going to play a more elevated role in the backfield. Very good at catching passes out of the backfield. 
which was where Days excelled, plus that breakaway speed, which is something that you're looking for in the running back position. And uh, NC State this year has actually three players that were named to the preseason all ACC, of course, Jalen Samuels being right. the one in that new all-purpose spot that they've right. created. And then we have our punter, A.J. Cole, right. who's in there. And then also our defensive end, Bradley Chubb. I do think, though, our, the kicking game for NC State, that's where they lost some of their games last year. So that's going to be the question mark this year. Right. You obviously go back to the Clemson game and circle that as the biggest moment for the Wolfpack <laughs> last year in the kicking game. Can that be consistent? Can that be a part of the offense that's relied on to go out and just do its job? And I think that's going to be a question mark. Obviously, we talked about A.J. Cole being part of the All-ACC mm-hmm. team. He's going to be solid in the punt game, and that's always an important role. And then on the defensive side, Side. We talked about Bradley Chubb, obviously the standout sort of face of that defense, but there's a lot of talent on that defensive line. As many as four of those guys could be playing in the NFL in the near future, and I think B.J. Hill, when you look at him, he's going to have a dominant year. And it's not one of those where you have one dominant player and then three guys who sort of excel because the one one dominant player. It's You have four dominant players, so you can't double-team people. Those guys are going to be able to recap havoc on a weaker offensive mm-hmm. line if you run across one of those in the ACC. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the secondary for State is going to be also another maybe questionable place because they right. did have some problems with stopping the big plays last year. Right. They lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball as far as the secondary is concerned. A lot of question marks about who's going to step in, replace those players and step up and try and take that secondary to the next level. If you're looking for a weakness on the defensive side of the ball, that's where Mm -hmm. you're going to see it for the Wolfpack. And as we look at the schedule, diving right in, you start off with a huge game in Charlotte against South Carolina. I think that's going to be sort of a pivotal moment for where this season goes for NC State, if they can get off to a hot start, beat a team like South Carolina from the SEC, who's going to have a lot of fans in Charlotte because that's not that far away for them. No, and I think the past couple seasons, they've started off their season with almost like a guaranteed win, not really a, a team that would I don't know? <laughs> it's not a, not of the caliber of South Carolina. <laughs> a team not of the caliber of an SEC team. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, but then once you get past that game, I think if the Wolfpack can get a W there, they roll into Marshall, Furman, and then yes. you're looking at maybe a three and NC State team heading to Florida State, which mm-hmm. could be a huge matchup for the Wolfpack. Obviously, if the Wolfpack's undefeated, the hype train's coming with them to Tallahassee. I mean, I think the three the. September 23rd at FSU, October 5th, Louisville, a Thursday night national television game. Right. And October, I mean, November 4th is the uh, Clemson game. Any one of those, NC State can beat, and then the whole Atlantic coast is... Right. (laughs) The whole division sort of takes it because it's been Florida State, Clemson and Louisville for so long. I feel like Louisville is a team that could take a step backwards this year. And maybe that's where NC State jumps into the top three of the division. Uh, I think that's a very winnable game. You talked about that Mm -hmm. Thursday night at Carter Fenley. I think it's going to be a huge game for the Wolfpack to come out and prove that it's going to make a statement this year. I think a trip to South Bend is going to be huge for them because you get Notre Dame. Then you get Clemson back-to-back weeks. That's going to be a big test for the Wolfpack. If they can pull one of those wins, I think you're looking at a team that could be potentially 9-3 and or 10-2 and overall. That's the positive side of that record. It's maybe 6-2 and in the ACC. And I think that's where you start to see the 
Wolfpack taking that next step? Can they be that team that can compete with the Florida States and the Clemsons on a consistent level? You have a couple ESPN analysts that are saying that the Wolfpack are basically an under-the-radar team. Right. That some of them have projected them to you know, kind of mess up what people might right. gonna think is going to happen in the football playoffs. Um, Dave Dorian is trying not. Right. He's, he says he's not buying into the hype, or at least that's what he's saying in front of the media. Yeah. I think behind the scenes, he very much feels like this is his year to be that breakout mm-hmm. team, to make a step and move into that next echelon. And if it's not his breakout year then he might not have a job right. the next year. Right. It needs to be a breakout year or it's going to be a very disappointing season for Wolfpack fans as I think they're putting a lot of expectations into this season. I don't know that they're at the level of Florida State and Clemson on a year-to-year basis, but I think it's very realistic to think they could be where Louisville was last mm-hmm. year. And I think that's a very realistic expectation for Dave Dorn and this Wolfpack team coming into this season. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out on the field because on paper, this is maybe the the fourth or fifth best team in the ACC, depending on how things roll out. But it's carrying that over to the field, and on paper can go a long ways to being very disappointed in a coach looking for a new job (laughs) at the end of the season. Well, when we come back, we're going to break down the Tar Heels. A lot of changes in Chapel Hill this season. Where does UNC see itself coming into the 2017 football season? Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. After the whistle is back. And after the whistle is back, Jason and Allison, check us out online, facebook.com backslash after the whistle show. Follow us on Twitter at after the whistle, the spell T H A. We've already looked at NC State, now moving down I 40. Stop in Chapel Hill. What's going on with the Tar Heels as they enter the 2017 season and the new names joining Larry Fedora in Chapel Hill? North Carolina. When you look back at 2016 for the Tar Heels, it was a season of, yes, it was a very good season overall, 8-5 and five overall record. 5-3 and three in the ACC, but I think a little bit of disappointment that the Tar Heels did not return to the ACC championship game, especially with the talent that they had on the offensive side of the ball. Mitch Trubisky, who wound up being your number 2 overall pick. Ryan Switzer, you had Hood, you had Logan, you had Bug Howard at the wide receiver position. So, there was a lot of talent there, and I think overall, you have to be a little disappointed if you're a Tar Heel fan. Not overly disappointed, but a little disappointed that you did not return to the ACC ACC championship game for a second season. But as we roll into 2016 or 2017, you may be looking back and going, man, I wish it was 2016 all over again. <laughs> because now again. you're going into a season with a lot of unknowns. <laughs> right. There is a lot of unknowns for the Tar Heels. And just listen to some of these numbers because these are staggering when you think about the losses that UNC is suffering on the offensive side of the ball. 99% of last year's rushing yards gone. of the passing, gone. 70% of your receiving yards, gone. (laughs) And 85% of your scoring, no longer (laughs) on campus. So when we say it's a new-look Tar Heels offense, it is a completely new-look Tar Heels offense. There is not a lot left over from last year's team coming back. A lot of the word that's being thrown around a lot about this 
team for 2017 is that this is a rebuilding year. Right. And as a, like as a fan, I don't think they want to hear that. Right. That's never something you want. That's never that's never going to sell tickets as a football program is a rebuilding season. Uh, coming in, quarterback LSU transfer Brandon Harris expected to be the starter on week one for the Tar Heels. And there's a lot of question marks surrounding him. Can he fit into Fedora's system? He wasn't exactly a elite passer when he was at LSU. In 2015, he threw for uh, 2,158 yards and 13 TDs. But last year, he got yanked pretty much at the beginning of the season right. for not producing at all. So is he going to be the player of 2015 or is he going to be the player of 2016? Right. So I think he's kind of one to watch at the beginning of the season because if he can come in there... Right. If he can sort of take over where Trubisky left off mm-hmm. and where other quarterbacks have sort of fit right into Fedora's system, then yes, it could be a very productive year for the Tar Heels. And maybe they don't miss as big a beat as you think. But it's a question mark of, is he the quarterback he was last year, where it felt like yeah. he couldn't hit an open receiver if he tried? And that's the problem. And right now, he doesn't have a running back yet to fall onto. I mean, we've got possibly Jordan Brown, who... He had 45 yards and 20 carries right. <laughs> last year. And then we have another grad transfer, uh, Stanton to it. He only rushed 31 times with Auburn. So you don't even have an established right. running back. You don't have a guy who's obviously going into camp as the number one running back. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to throw a freshman, Michael Carter, in there because he's going to get some carries this year just because there's a lot of unknowns. We don't. So he's going to get his shot. Maybe he's the. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The guy coming in as a true freshman and trying to get the start. Plus, scoring-wise, they also lost their kicker. Uh, Nick Weiler, he was, what, 7 for 10 on field goals longer than 40 yards. Right. So there's still an unknown there at the kicking, too. (laughs) And you can just go down to Raleigh and ask how important the kicking game is, especially in those close games. Another big loss on the defensive side of the ball, Gene Chizik, the defensive coordinator, no longer with the program. He resigned over the summer. So this Tar Heels defense that was, yes, getting better, but not quite there yet, taking a step back, losing its defensive coordinator. Obviously, they hope that some of those game plans and transitions carry forward and, you know, not everything is lost. But obviously losing your defensive coordinator and a guy like Chizik, who has won a national title, certainly a big loss to the program overall. And you can't expect things to be moving forward as much as you had hoped into this season. But at least who they promoted into that position was already with the team. So it's not like a brand new person coming in and trying to switch things up. Right. So it's not a completely new system, but it's not the same guy running the show that you look at 
from last year. Well, jumping into the schedule and things like we talked about with NC State, the beginning of the schedule, very, very important for the Tar Heels, starting in week one with California, and that's a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. The secondary also a question, or not not necessarily a question mark, but the defense I think a question mark for the Tar Heels. Can they get pressure on the quarterback? And you know, if you give a quarterback time to throw, he's going to find open receivers all day. Cal likes to throw the ball, so they're going to do that. And then week two, Louisville, Lamar Jackson coming to town. That's going to be a difficult one. Finally, they get some reprieve week three at Old Dominion before a rivalry game in week four, which I think is a huge rivalry game. Duke and Carolina, that one going to be in Chapel Hill. And if the Tar Heels start off slow to the season, there's no reason to think Duke can't come into that game Mm -hmm. with a little momentum, thinking they can take a game from UNC. I think UNC schedule is actually pretty kind to them this year. I mean, they don't have any, they don't have to play Clemson. They don't have to play Florida State. Um, And one of the next games after the Duke one that I think might be an interesting matchup is going to be the October 28th game against Miami. Right. That one being in Chapel Hill. We'll know by that point what kind of team yeah. Miami mm-hmm. is. So it could very well be. And what type of team Carolina's going right. to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that could very well be the coastal division up for grabs in that game. I think the game against Georgia Tech is going to be a very important game. Mm-hmm. That one in Atlanta, just because Georgia Tech always a tough team to prepare against because no one else runs that triple option system. So you're going to see that one being a tough one. I think at Virginia Tech, that October 21st game, going to be a critical game for the Tar Heels if they're looking to pick up wins to become bowl eligible because I think this is a team that at the very lowest could be 4-8 and eight on the year. If they're not clicking on offense and Brandon Harris comes in and struggles, they can't get the run game going, there's no playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, I think that's going to be a question mark. And also, can the Tar Heels on the defensive side of the ball stop the run game? Last year, 227 yards per game they gave up on the defensive side of the ball rushing. So they've got to make a stop if they're going to stop teams like NC State that wants to run mm-hmm. basically at every position. Find a way to put the ball on the ground. Teams like Pittsburgh, they're going to run the ball. So can you find a way to stop the run if you're the Tar Heels? And I think the defense is going to have a lot of pressure because I think they're going to rely on the defense to kind of hold them together the first couple games of the season until they figure out how this offense is working. Right, right. And that's a new thing in yeah. Carolina is we have not had to, they have not had to rely on the defensive side of the ball for a long time to be sort of the game setter for the Tar Heels. Uh, I think this is a team that last year the disappointment of one, you didn't make the ACC championship game. Then you lose to Duke and you lose to NC State. That's not something that Carolina fans want to see. You got to come out and you got to beat your rivals. And last year they didn't. So pressure is going to be on Fedora to try and beat those two teams who are markedly better than they were last year when they lost to them. So it's going to be a lot, a lot of question marks for the Tar Heels. The potential is there for a bad season. And I <laughs> think that that's what most Carolina fans are concerned about is the potential is there to completely fall apart or they could surprise a lot of people and come out and never skip a beat and be right back. That's the problem with the Coastal Division. Wide open. No idea what's going on. Well, over in Durham, Coach Cutcliffe says he has the most depth and talent he has ever had in Durham, but it might not translate to as many wins as you think on the field. Let's break down the Blue Devils after this break. Halftime adjustments complete. Oh, Back to more after the whistle. 
after the whistle is back. Jason and Allison, check us out online, facebook.com backslash after the whistle show. Follow us on Twitter at after the whistle, the spell T H A. Two down, one more to go. We've covered NC State, we've covered UNC. Only one left, the Blue Devils of Duke. And Coach Cutcliffe looking to rebound after last year's disappointing 4-8 season from Duke. The Duke Blue Devils. So as you exit the 2015 season, expectations are as high as ever. You get your first bowl win since basically sliced bread was invented. Uh, then you go into 2016, you're like, yes, this is our year. Thomas Sirk is back. He's taken over as the quarterback. Boom, he gets hurt. Now he's no longer with the program. 2016 winds up being 4-8 and eight overall, 1-7 and seven in the ACC for the Blue Devils. Thomas Sirk goes to Greenville. He joins Scotty Montgomery down there. So they are no longer with the program. And in steps Daniel Jones, who had a decent season last year as a freshman quarterback. And as a Duke fan, you hope that he takes that step to the next level and becomes a good quarterback in the ACC. Certainly improving on what he was last year. And Duke certainly has the pieces to go with him so that it's not necessarily all on Jones to carry this offense. I mean, he got thrown in there unexpected. He right. probably expected to be on the sideline the whole entire season. So right. he got thrown in there and got some good learning experience. So I can only think that he will be a better player. Right. And you saw as the second half of the season came around, he became a better quarterback, a more consistent quarterback. So I think he's moving in the right direction. Also, it helps that you have a player like Sean Wilson in the backfield, who is a very reliable piece for the Blue Devils, who certainly can carry the load so that you're not necessarily putting it all on your quarterback. He can carry the load as a running back position. And then three of the top four wide receivers back on the offensive side of the ball. And that's certainly going to help him to transition and building that chemistry to know the guys out there catching those passes. <laughs> and I think we have a theme in the triangle teams because kicking is going to be another <laughs> huge area for Duke. A.J. Reed made only three out of ten field goals last season. He basically was last in the FBS. Cutcliffe has said that he's going to be spending a lot more time with them <laughs> during practice and he's going to be putting a lot more pressure on them because he's like, if they can't handle the pressure I put on them, they're That's not going right. to be able to handle it. <laughs> the kicking game <laughs> So, so important, especially in college football. And I think when you look at the offensive side of the ball for Duke, they were an average offense, but what they're missing is that explosive play, that mm-hmm. big play. They had a lot of four- and five-yard plays, but not a lot of the big play, the one that breaks it open and sort of separates your offense from average to a very good offense that can score a lot of points. Also, on the defensive side of the ball, the key to that defense is going to be the pass defense. Can the secondary hold up, and can the defensive line get pressure on the quarterback, get there and get those sacks that make it easier to cover wide receivers? And I think that's going to be a huge part. The linebacking core, very solid for Duke. It's the secondary and the defensive line that you have questions about. Last season, Duke was actually really good um, in red zone defense, but it was just the big plays. They couldn't right. stop the big plays. Right, and we talked about the defensive line being a question mark. Only one defensive lineman returning from last year, so better pass, better pressure from those defensive linemen can lead to better coverage, and that's going to be a huge, 
huge, huge part of Duke's defense this year. Also, on the offensive side of the ball, that offensive line needs to protect Jones more mm-hmm. if he's going to be explosive, and they're going to have explosive plays on the offensive side of the ball. So when we dive into Duke's schedule, sort of a different approach for the Blue Devils as they start the season. Week one should be a W against North Carolina Central. That's a game where Duke should mm-hmm. have the talent to go out and win. But then week two and week three, it gets interesting because Northwestern and Baylor, two teams that you look at and you go, they're not traditional powerhouses. And you certainly have a lot of question marks about Baylor as far as where they are with a new head coach mm-hmm. and the troubles that that program's had. Can Duke steal one of those wins? And if they are able to go out and beat one of those two teams, I think this is a Duke team that carries a lot of momentum into week four against UNC in that rivalry game. Yeah, I had the Northwestern game marked as one of mine to watch games because that's going to Right. Be a good one. And I think the thing with Baylor is there's so much uncertainty surrounding mm-hmm. that program that can Duke be the team that's stable and goes out and just plays better football and get the win and then build some momentum. Like you talked about week four against Carolina. And then another game I have circled Virginia Tech in Blattsburg. October the 28th. I think that's going to be a key game if Duke's trying to get bowl eligible. Winning that game would be huge for the Blue Devils. I think Virginia is a win for them. I think Army's a win. Wake Forest could be a win. But I don't see a lot of definite wins for the Blue Devils on their schedule. So they're going to have to go out and steal some of these games that might be a little bit closer, like the Carolina game, like the Baylor game, like the Virginia game, Virginia Tech. And they might be able to if they have a good kicker. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We all seen how important kicking game is in those close games. But I think this is a team that very well could be five and seven overall. They could be six and six. They could be seven and five. I think there's a lot of leeway depending on how those games go. I mean, that's just it. You have a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are going to be the starters that nobody has really seen play before. Right. So anything can happen, I think, for Duke this year. Right. And you, and there's as much as there's unknown about Duke, there's unknown about the rest of the teams that they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Is Georgia Tech going to be better than they were last year? Is Virginia Tech going to continue to move at the level that they've been moving at? Certainly they had a good year last year, but can they repeat that? How good is Wake Forest going to be? Clearly they're getting better as a team, but are they to the level where they can beat a team like Duke? So and a lot of question marks about Duke, but a lot of question marks about the other teams on their schedule and I know Coach Cliff will tell you the only thing you control is your team (laughs) and going out and playing as well as you can so hopefully the Blue Devils get it together and pull off a better season than 4-8 and which is where they sat last Mm -hmm. year but are they going bowling? I'm not so sure that this is a Duke team that heads to a bowl game this year I just don't know there's so much that we just don't know (laughs) I I can't for certain say that this is a team that's going to get to 6 wins and I think that's a problem if you're looking like ask that same question at the end of September we might know more (laughs) (laughs) where Coach Cutcliffe said this is his deepest, most talented team. I think you also look at it and go, yes, but you know that, but I don't know that. I haven't seen that on the field yet, and so that's where the question marks remain for the Blue Devils. Well, that is our trip around the triangle. State, Duke, and Carolina. A lot of excitement as we enter college football season. Camp is underway, and I can't wait. I love this time of year. Football is back. That is all the time that we have. Don't forget, check us out online. Facebook.com backslash After the Whistle Show. Follow us on Twitter at After the Whistle. Thus spelled T-H-A. Also, let's go watch some sports.